I appreciate all the hard work they put in over the last couple months for that. And well, I think it brought honor and glory to the Lord, don't you? And I thought it lifted him up. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Familiar pastor scripture will be brief here this evening, but Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins." Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus." Lord, I love you and I thank you so much for the opportunity to be here tonight, to hear the program by the choir, the songs that were sung, the, the words that were, were read. And Lord, to know that we serve a wonderful God. I think of the scripture, a wonderful counselor, mighty God, the Prince of Peace, the everlasting Father. Lord, we're so thankful for who you are. I pray that you touch our hearts that we look at, as we look at this passage of scripture. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. That, that uh, phrase, the phrase stands out to me in this passage of scripture. It's in uh, here in... Oh, verse, uh, verse eight or verse 20, it says, but while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream saying, Joseph, thou son of David. And then these few words, fear not, uh, fear not in Luke chapter one, verse 13, the angel would say to Zacharias, but the angel said unto him, fear not Zacharias for thy prayer is heard and thy wife, Elizabeth shall bear thee a son and thou shalt call his name John. In Luke chapter 1 and verse 30, the angel would say to Mary, and the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Here in verse 20, we see the angels of the Lord saying unto Joseph, Fear not. Uh, in all three of those occasions when they're, they're told, they're told to fear not. Zacharias, it's, it's pretty understanding why he had some fear in his heart, wasn't it? The angel of the Lord stood before him. Uh, there he was going about his business in the course of his day and serving God. And uh, Gabriel stands before him with the news and he begins to calm his nerves. I'm sure that was pretty, pretty startling moment when an angel of God stands before you. And he says, fear not. And he would say, why? He said, thy prayer has been heard. I've heard God has heard your prayer and your prayer request is answered. Once again with Mary, we see the similar uh, instant. The angel comes to her and tells her with child. And immediately she's startled at his presence. And the angel of the Lord says, fear not, fear not. But in this passage of scripture, it's not the presence that we see of the angel that gives, uh, makes Joseph or that needs to bring calm to him. Because it says in verse 20, it says, But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary, thy wife. It wasn't the immediate that caused Joseph pause, was it? It was the immediate appearance of an angel that made Zacharias fearful. It was the immediate appearance of an angel that made Mary fearful. But Joseph was concerned about what lied ahead for him. Joseph was concerned about what would, be, would become if he'd take Mary to his wife, this, this woman who was with child, and, and he knew it wasn't his. What would be, happen to his testimony? What would their life be like? What were the hardships that were in store? And he was looking a little bit further ahead, if you will. And he said, the angel came to him and said, fear not to take unto thee Mary 
to be thy wife. The angel said, don't worry about what's coming. You can take Mary to be your wife. It was a calming. I think of as I think of that, this reason not to fear. The Lord told him in each case, he said, fear not. It kind of ran through the theme of the Christmas story. And I think the reason for you and I today that we hear the words fear not and the reason not to fear is in verse 23. It says here, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is what? God with us. A good reason not to fear. Am I right? A good reason. He said Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. I think many of us have circumstances that we face in life, trials that we face in life, and the the words ring true for us today. Fear not. Fear not. It may not be the presence of an angel that we're facing, but a circumstance that we're facing, and we hear the words, fear not. Fear not because God is with us. I remember reminded of the instruction God gave the church in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven. And in earth, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things and whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. The promised presence of God. Fear not. Emmanuel, God with us. I am thankful for a God who is with us. And he is with us in whatever we go through in life. I'm thankful for a God who goes with us. Psalms 23, you know the psalm well. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art what? With me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God with us. God with us. I don't know what trials this last year's held for you. I know some of my own. I don't know what comes this, this coming year as we get ready to enter into another year. But I know someone who walks with us, and it is the Lord. Amazing truth of the Christmas story. God with us. This God with us, this one who had come to die on the cross and to rise again three days later and ascend up in glory, he wouldn't leave us comfortless, would he? I think of how he would tell his disciples, I will not leave you comfortless. He said, I'll leave you another comforter. Romans 8, 14 through 16 says this, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of a bondage again to, uh, again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the what? Children of God. Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth where? In me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See, this coming of Christ that was God with us also gave us God in us. Talking about an amazing thing. That because he came to walk on this earth and to die on the cross, you and I might be known as the sons of God. To receive the Spirit of God. That not only would I have a God that goes with me through the trial, but I would have a God that is in me as I go through the trial. 
And that's an incredible promise. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, gentleness, long-suffering. Or I'm putting it out of order. Let me quote it, read it for you. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. That as I go through a trial with the Lord, I have a Lord who is in me, producing the love, the joy, the peace, the gentleness, all of those fruits of the Spirit as we walk with the Lord through the trial. Faith. Temperance, God with us. He looks at Joseph and he says, Joseph, fear not. Fear not to take Mary thy wife. I know that things will be difficult. And he, he, I bet he reminded himself of those words over and over and over again. Take her to Bethlehem. Lord, she's about to be delivered, but the king has ordered. The, the empire has ordered, take this lady to Bethlehem. She's about to deliver. Take her to Bethlehem. He has to take her. And he, he takes her there, goes looking for a place for that child to be born and can't even find room in an inn and ends up in a manger, in a, in a barn, in a cave. We know the story, the, the, the shepherds would come and they would spend some time there, but then Herod would seek to take the life of the Lord and they would have to flee into Egypt. And I wonder how many times through all of that, ringing in the back of Joseph's mind was the words, fear not, God with us. But not just God with us, but God in us. That you and I can go through the trials of life and we may not know how all of them work out, but somehow as we walk with God, there is a love, there is a joy, there is a peace, there's a long-suffering and gentleness, all of those things that are unexplainable except for God in us. The incredible blessing of knowing God is that not only do I look forward to a year ahead or the days ahead or whatever lies ahead and have a God who's going to go with me through it, but I have a God who is in me to help me walk through life with, with life and life more abundantly. How does it that a man named, that named Paul and a man named Silas could begin singing in a prison? God with him, but not only God with him, but God in him. That they begin to rejoice because there was a God who was with them and there was a God who was in them. I think not only do we see in Scripture a God who is with us and a God who is in us, but we find a God who is for us. Romans 8, 28 through 32. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, then he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? If God be for us, who can be against us? We find a God who is walking with us, a God who is working in us, and a God who is working for us on our behalf. There is this reality that Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 
We have a God who works on our behalf. I, I think of that early church in Acts chapter 4 as they first begin to face some of that onslaught of persecution. And Peter and John, they had healed the man outside the, outside the synagogue or the temple and they had healed him and said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give thee. In the name of the Jesus, rise up and walk. And as they were t- taken before the council and rebuked and say, go out and speak his name no more. And of course, they said it would be better to obey God than man. And they went out and they went to the church and they began to pray. And in their prayer in Acts chapter 4, we see them quoting from the Old Testament in the book of Psalms and they prayed these words, why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? Herod would have his work and Pilate would have his work and the world would go on about their ways trying to stop and Satan would work overtime only to see the will of God accomplished in spite of what they were doing and often through what they were doing. The amazing story is that Herod and Pilate might have thought they were, they were killing the king, but really he was laying down his life at Calvary. That as they thought they might do the will opposite of God, they were really truly doing the will of God. That as some Pharisees and Sadducees plotted to kill the Savior, they thought they were doing something to stop him, but in reality they were forwarding his work. Because if God be for us, who can be against us? There is a God that says, I am with you, I am in you, and I am for you. Fear not. Fear not. In all three occasions, as the Lord would show up and give those announcements or send an angel to give those announcements, Zacharias, fear not. Thy prayer has been heard. Mary, fear not. You're highly favored among women. God has given you grace. Joseph, fear not. I know what lies ahead. I know what lies ahead, but fear not. Emmanuel, God with us. Joseph, I know what will be said, but God is with you. Joseph, I know the trials that are coming, but God is with you. I know your flight to Egypt, but God is with you. And friend, not only do we have a God who is with us, but we have a God who is in us when we come to know Christ our Savior. He lives within us. That it's not just that he's walking with me and I find his presence in my life, but I can also find his filling and the love and the joy and the peace and the gentleness and life and life more abundant that in spite of the difficulties, we can know the joy of the Lord. Fear not. And find a God who is for us. For us. He is working on my behalf. He is working on my behalf as I work on his behalf. As I go forward serving him, he is working on my behalf. The great one that's the second greatest trade in all the scripture, the first greatest, is that he took my sin and gave me his righteousness. The second great trade, where he takes my burden and he gives me his, because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And he says, I am working for you on your behalf, as you work for me on my behalf. And there is a God who works for us. Fear not, fear not, fear not, he would say in the Christmas story. And why? Emmanuel, which being interpreted as God with us. Let's pray together. Lord, I love you and I thank you so much for the scripture. What a promise, what a What a program. I've enjoyed each song that has lifted up the Lord. Tonight, to hear our Savior praised and worshiped through song, to hear the story of the Lord's birth in song and in the narration tonight, and to point folks to the Lord, to have the scripture that we can pick up and find out that there's a God who loved us so much that he would come to be with us. 
come to be in those that would come to know Christ as their personal Savior, and to be for those who would live for Him. And Lord, I pray that we would be reminded, I don't know what circumstances we may face currently, many face currently, or, or maybe what lies ahead this year. We are unsure. Only you know that. You said, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. But Lord, we do know this. There is a God who is with us, who is in us, and working for us. And we need not fear as we serve our Lord. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Let me just ask you this question tonight. First of all, do you know him? God with us, he came to walk on this earth, but God in us is dependent upon your relation with him. Do you know him as your savior? Has you trust, have you trusted him in it? If you would say, preacher, I know that I'm saved and I know heaven is my home because I've trusted in Christ and that's settled for me. Would you raise your hand just as a testimony between you and I and the Lord? Say, preacher, I know it. I know it. Thank you. you may put your hands down. Is there anybody here tonight? As the Christmas story was given, the reason of his birth that, that was declared and that he would come to die on the cross. And you'd say, preacher, I'm unsure about my salvation. I'm unsure where I'll spend eternity, but I want to know the Lord. I want to know the one that was born in that manger. Would you pray for me, pastor? Is anybody like that? You'd say, preacher, would you pray for me? Let me ask you this, Christian. Then how many of you say, preacher, the Lord has spoken in my heart. Maybe it was a simple reminder of the wonder of his birth and the wonder of what he would do for us. Maybe there's a circumstance in life tonight where the Lord spoke to your heart and said, fear not. I'm with you, I'll be in you, and I'm for you in your life. But you'd say, preacher, the Lord has spoken in my heart this evening. Would you raise your hand as a testimony? And would you stand with me as that pianist begins to play? As God has spoken to your heart, spend time with the Lord this evening. And I would say above it, don't neglect to say a thank you to the Lord. Don't neglect to lift your voice in prayer and, and just thank him for who he is and what he's done for you, for his coming to this earth. God with us, God in us, and God for us. But as the Lord has spoken to your heart, do business with the Lord tonight.